Welcome back to another episode of the Motor City Bengals podcast. I'm Mike Zima, joined by Luke Sloan as always. Today, Luke, we're going to start out with talking about people that aren't on the Tigers anymore, actually. We're going to talk about Nick Castellanos and Shane Green, the two guys that got traded away at the trade deadline uh, a couple weeks ago on uh, July 31st. Talk about how those guys are doing. And really, it's kind of a, a, they're kind of almost polar opposites because one of them is doing really outstanding for the new team, and the other is kind of really not. He's kind of falling off a bit, having a tough time adjusting to the new setting. Obviously, the one that's doing well is Nick Castellanos. He's batting 370 and has four home runs in 11 games now with the Cubs. He's doing fantastic. Cubs got to really like what they got with pretty much their. Their biggest trade deadline deal, probably by, by far, getting Castellanos, and they got to be really enjoying what they got. At this point, we're probably better off talking about players that aren't on the Tigers for the remainder of the season, just as the quality of play will continue to spiral for this team. But Castellanos goes from Comerica Park, which he complained about not too long ago, to uh, Wrigley Field. Even though the ball's been flying out of there ever since the Cubs started getting good, it's not necessarily known to be a hitter's park. He's just taken this opportunity to go into a winning environment, go into a pennant race, go into a clubhouse in the Cubs where they're playing a lot of meaningful baseball, and he's really thrived. He hasn't been in this kind of environment where he's had to play meaningful games, take meaningful at bats in quite a few years because he's been on the since he's been on the Tigers. You know, I think he was on that playoff team in 2014 Brad Osmus's first season that was that was his first full year in the big leagues but really that that's his only taste of meaningful baseball and he's really stepping up and stepping up for the opportunity and thriving in a winning situation which is good to see he was kind of stuck in baseball purgatory it's good to see him step out and enjoy his moment in the sunshine he was quiet and no one was talking about him in Detroit other than trades yeah and uh, you look at the Cubs right now Cubs um, currently two games ahead of St. Louis and two and a half ahead of Milwaukee. They're the leaders in the NL Central right now, and that's a tight NL Central race. You look at, you know, you look at uh, you know, the Cubs, um, the Cardinals, and the Brewers. You could easily have three playoff teams coming out of that division. It's going to be very tightly contested as we go down the stretch. And Nick Castellanos going to play a huge role in helping the Cubs you know, uh, maintain that lead and maintain that head position. Uh, they're hoping at least as we go into the um, long playoff stretch. And so we'll shift to Shane Green, who's also playing for an NL division leader right now, but he's not having uh, uh, the best time with his new team. Shane Green obviously being traded to the Atlanta Braves, the Tigers all-star closer uh, going to Atlanta at the trade deadline a couple weeks ago. Um, Atlanta still... Leaders in the NL East, they got a six and a half game lead on uh, the Nationals right now, so they're kind of sitting in a little more uh, sitting a little more pretty than the Cubs are, you, I guess you could say, uh, in their National League division. But still, Shane Green, it came out, uh, the news came out over the weekend. That's Monday morning, but the news came out like yesterday that the uh, Braves are going to move him out of the closer role. Uh, things not really going well for Shane Green. I'll pull the stats here in Atlanta. Um, he's got an 11.25 ERA in five appearances, and he has not recorded a save yet for the Braves as well. I think he blew his first save uh, in, his, in his Atlanta debut, so things not going great for Shane Green in the ATL. Some people could say you potentially saw this coming. 
in Detroit in the last few months of his tenure with the Tigers, he wasn't getting a lot of action, wasn't getting a lot of save opportunities. And when he would, would get save opportunities, I wouldn't call any team or any, I wouldn't call any game this season with the Tigers a high leverage situation. So he's immediately traded to the Braves, plummeted into this spot where he's going to have to pitch in high intensity situations, a team that is one of the favorites in the National League. A lot of people, including myself, really like them to make noise in the playoffs. And you're taken from this environment with no pressure and thrown in this environment where you're asked to close games in a playoff scenario. For a guy in Shane Green who hasn't been a closer all that long in his career, it doesn't really surprise me that to watch these struggles. But now that he will be moved into a late-ending role, he can just focus on executing pitches. His, his, his great stuff is still there. I don't see why he wouldn't thrive in a late inning role. We'll see if they decide to insert him back in the closers role. They have Mark Melanson there in Atlanta who has yeah, a lot of experience closing games yeah, too. I think he's going to take over in that closer role. For but still, I, I could see him potentially stepping into a, a valuable late inning role. I mean, his stuff is going to play no matter what. So I think it's just a matter of time. Maybe it'll take him a couple more appearances to regain his footing. But I, I still see him working out for the Atlanta Braves, especially with another year of team control. But, you know, a lot of people did say at the trade deadline, maybe this guy isn't a closer on a contending team. And maybe those maybe those writers and critics are kind of proven right on this trade. So you mentioned Green's uh, one other year, one more year of uh, team control. So we'll be in Atlanta for at least one more season. But Nick Castellanos, obviously, pending free agency at the end of this year. Do you see any likelihood there of him re-signing in Chicago? It is going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, he's quickly proven himself to be a valuable player with the Cubs. I'm not exactly sure what their cap situation looks like, but I know for sure that they're not afraid to write a check in any situation with a player that they like. Like I said, a really crowded group of position players, but he's been very valuable Scott Boris is, is known to drop, drive a hard bargain in the offseason. If he really sticks there in Chicago and, and likes it, which it seems like he's liking it so far, I wouldn't rule out at all a possible extension after this season, a new contract for Castellanos on the north side of Chicago with the Cubs, especially as they enter you know an uncertain time. Joe Madden, you know, will he stay? Will he go? I guess that depends on how they perform the rest of the season. But even if he doesn't stay in Chicago... He's rebuilt a lot of his value, and he'll be able to cash in on on that value that he's rebuilt on the open market this offseason. Yeah, it's really it's been a good uh, for Castellanos either way because just like you just mentioned, either Chicago's going to love him enough to re-sign him, or he's you know shown just in a short time and probably will continue to showcase in the Windy City just how valuable he can be for any other team looking to make a big free agent signing and get a free agent uh, a free agent bat. Uh, to improve their offense in the offseason. But now let's shift back to the actual Tigers, players still on the Tigers right now. Um, we'll talk about Jacoby Jones because the big news uh, this you know this uh, weekend that just passed, um, that Jacoby Jones pretty much uh, almost pretty, uh, pretty certainly going to be out for the rest of the season with a, a fractured left wrist, got hit by a pitch in the series against Kansas City. Um, and uh, missed a couple games, took a CT scan, showed a fracture in the wrist. That recovery period, they're saying about six weeks. So at this point, um, probably just means going to be take him out for the rest of the season as we're 
probably around six weeks left in the regular season anyway. Um, so Jacoby Jones out now, and you just wrote an article about this on MotorCityBengals.com, Luke, so we can talk about what the outfield is going to kind of look like without Jacoby because obviously now that leaves a big hole that has to be filled in center field at Comerica Park uh, for the rest of the season for the Tigers. And obviously you have guys like Victor Reyes, Travis Demerit, who can um, kind of step up in that. And Travis Demerit, I'm, I'm kind of liking this guy uh, as lately. Got him obviously in return for Shane Green uh, from Atlanta, and he's he's done well so far with Detroit. Batting 243, solid, uh, and um, one home run. Um, in in the 11 games he's played so far, but also for RBI. And I like this guy. I like the way he battles at the plate, too. He's taken seven walks in 11 games, so not not bad as well. But uh, I think he could be a solid candidate. He's obviously been in right field um, for most of his time in Detroit so far, but I think maybe transitioning him to center field, seeing how he does with having to showcase a little bit more athleticism in that big center field, I think maybe it could work out. I agree. I think I, I agree in both ways. I think it would be a wise idea if they auditioned him in center field, you know, watching him run the bases, watching him. He made a, a spectacular play in the right center field gap, bailed out Reyes the other night against the Royals and made a, a snow cone catch over there in the corner near the scoreboard. He has plenty of athletic tools that would play in center field and really brings a lot brings a lot to the table at the dish as well. His OPS is well above league average so far in his major league action with the Tigers. A combination of the ability to take walks, work counts, see pitches, make pitchers work, and also a combination of power as well. The batting average, I'm sure that'll go up with time. I mean, 243 isn't too shabby, especially with the, the slugging numbers and the, the rate he's getting on base. But Tigers fans have to be pleasantly surprised with what they're getting for him so far. And I think definitely watching him play every day down the stretch will be key, especially as he tries to win a spot on next year's team, maybe a, sp a starting spot on next year's team. Yeah, um, uh, that's probably going to be a big part of figuring out who's going to take over in, uh, in center field. And uh, a big thing for these younger guys is it's going to be kind of like an audition for the rest of the season for – this group of younger guys, whether it's Travis Demerit or Victor Reyes, or when we get to September, probably Daz Cameron, um, to showcase the fact that okay, I'm you know I'm able to whether maybe it's not center field because they'll have Jacoby Jones back uh, by next season, but I'll be I'm capable to play in the outfield every day, be a regular in this in this big league lineup, and be uh, one of the main guys turning this team around back into uh, back into uh, a competitive group. So uh, we'll talk about Daz Cameron because he's we've talked about him before. He's probably going to come up beginning of September and, and take over in that center field spot possibly or somewhere in the outfield. And I've been waiting for this kid for a while. He's uh, been doing fairly well in Toledo this year. I mean, he's batting only 216, but he's made a lot of great defensive plays. He has moments where he really shines. So I'm excited for this kid to come up, and he's. Uh, I think he could make a, a big impact if he does. I think he might be might be ready, and he's uh, part of the. Um, he was part of the Justin Verlander deal, so you kind of want to. We've seen Jake Rogers from that deal come up and excel a bit uh, so far, and that's kind of the thing. Is I just want to see him because I want to see those returns from that Verlander trade start to actually come into. Uh, come into fruition and come, you know, see actually what we got for those guys. 
Tigers fans shouldn't be concerned about the, the struggles that Cameron may be having at AAA this year. Like you said, the, the struggles he may have had at the plate really are not letting – they really aren't translating to center field. He's played a spectacular center field in Toledo all season long. And not to mention back in spring training, he absolutely torched big league pitching. I mean, he went on a spectacular tear wearing number 75 back in spring training, no name on the back of his jersey. I would expect him to come up to the big leagues and continue at a pace just like that. Obviously, he's going to get a look in September. That's one of the things I really have my eyes on, watching a guy like him come up, watching a guy like Willie Castro potentially come up and get some reps at shortstop in the month of September. But like you said, too, looking big picture with this Justin Verlander trade, Jake Rogers has shown his spectacular defensive abilities off so far at the big league level shown some above-average power. His OPS has, has also been spectacular, a combination of taking walks and power, kind of like demerit. They hit usually back-to-back in the Tigers' order in the last couple weeks. But seeing the pieces of this Verlander trade, this key Verlander trade to the rebuild start to come up to the big leagues is exciting because for many years, we watched these guys toil away in the minor leagues thinking, watching Justin Verlander win a World Series with Houston, thinking, when are we going to see these returns? All of a sudden, just like that, these returns are starting to make their way to the big leagues. You know, Franklin Perez, the other guy in that deal, is a long way from the major leagues still to come. But watching these other pieces, these position players come up, it's really exciting to watch. I'm, I'm super excited for September. Yeah, and you mentioned, oh, we'll talk about Jake Rogers a little bit more here for a second. Uh, Ten games uh, in the big leagues with the Tigers so far. Only a 182 batting average, but a 762 OPS five RBI and three home runs in those 10 games. Not too bad well, if you look past that batting average, but uh, really I think he's he's been pretty solid so far, and I think he could be the solution to instead of, you know, I mean, who was catching before him? It was like John Hicks. Bobby Wilson. Uh, Bobby Wilson, yeah. The, Bobby the, the Motley crew. Picture. John Hicks. I think if you look at it, you, you know, Jake Rogers, he's only 24. Stick him at catcher as much as you can for the rest of the season. And I think next year he can be your, your number one guy when it comes to playing behind the plate because he's shown he can hit for power. He can, you know, have some explosive at-bats and also uh, six walks, too. He's taken only 10 games, so he's got an eye. He can battle the plate just kind of like demerit. So I think you look at him, I think uh, right now, I think he's a return from that Verlander trade that can be an everyday guy going forward. You're trying him out right now to end 2019. And when you head into 2020, I think Jake Rogers should be your number one go-to behind the plate. And I wouldn't mind that at all because that's that's what we're that's what point we're at right now with the Tigers, where even if next season is also, you know, uh, uh, you know not great, uh, you know, hopefully not as bad as this season has been, but still not, you know, anywhere near contention in 2020 probably. But... This is the year where, okay, we're halfway through the season, a little more halfway through the season, and we're getting younger guys, some reps in the big leagues, and then hopefully 2020 is that year you take the step, okay, where, okay, a lot of those young guys that we brought up towards the end of last season are going to be now on the opening day roster, starting lineup for beginning of the season, because they're now transitioning to being the number one guys at their positions. It's really interesting to kind of, peruse the Tigers roster, see the, the lineups they put out there on a daily basis and, and think about the future. 
Obviously, behind the plate, we've talked extensively about Jake Rogers, and, and I love him as a player, love him as a defender, and he's showing off that great power so far. He's a guy you can definitely pencil in for the foreseeable future. But even looking around the diamond uh, in other places, Jamer Candelario, probably pencil him in at first base in the future, considering the the emergence of Dawell Lugo, not necessarily in the big leagues so far. But even at other positions, you can see a guy like Willie Castro coming up, playing shortstop. I think Harold Castro profiles long-term at second base. And then in the outfield, guys like Kristen Stewart, once he returns from the concussion list, a Victor Reyes, a Travis Demerit, Jacoby Jones went healthy as part of the young core. The young group of position players is really establishing itself so far in the big leagues. Some of them have really shown off. Others are, are still waiting in the wings in Toledo, like Cameron and Rogers. And then even if you look further down the line, you know we still have a guy like Riley Green, who's tearing it up in West Michigan. We have a guy like Parker Meadows, who's really emerged in the last couple weeks at West Michigan once, once Green has gotten there. A guy like Isaac Paredes, who's tearing it up in double A right now with Erie, who's on fire in the second half of the season. You can start to see this this group of position players mold together, which is encouraging considering we all know about the pitchers, everything that's been written about the pitchers, everything we've seen on Twitter. When it's it's good to see these two groups of players starting to come together. Yeah, I I'm more excited you mentioned the pitching obviously that's you know that's gonna be a major factor going forward, but I'm like I'm more excited to see this group of position players because they haven't really been talked about, and now they're getting a chance to to show their stuff. And we know the pitching in the future is is gonna is gonna be something hopeful, hopefully something special. But these these position player guys, these hitters who don't get as much of the attention, but also um, are being able to are being allowed to showcase their skills and and taking a and taking advantage of it. And you mentioned Riley Green just got promoted to West Michigan, only 18 years old, already playing a ball, drafted right out of high school. Uh, he's hitting 235 in West Michigan so far in four games, but he had that inside the park home run um, to uh, to open up to uh, in his first game in West Michigan, and he's got four RBI there as well. This kid tore up the Connecticut League, he tore up the Gulf Coast League, um, and so I, I'm I mean, talk about Riley Green. The, the speed at which he's moving up the table in the minor leagues is, is kind of a, is kind of something special and I don't know how soon do you think we're talking where Riley Green is in double A and then touching triple A and, and maybe even getting some talk about uh, some time in the big leagues you know it's it's really interesting how this is swung immediately when the Tigers drafted Riley Green everyone says oh he doesn't really fit the shape of the rebuild and it's going to take him three or four years to come up to the big leagues talking about how we're going to have to wait on Riley Green. But all of a sudden, he's in West Michigan already. I thought he'd be starting off next season at West Michigan, in my opinion, just based on the, the usual tra tra trajectory excuse me, of players his age. But he's already at West Michigan. If he finishes the season strong at West Michigan, maybe he gets promoted to Lakeland to start next year if he struggles at West Michigan maybe he begins the season there either way I think by the end of 2020 he sees action in double a Erie maybe by the start of 2021 he starts the year in Erie maybe he gets a little look in Toledo I think maybe it's early 2021 is, is when we're going to see Riley Green unless he really takes off next year but I think 
giving him a full year as a professional will be important to his development. Maybe that full year is next season. Maybe maybe he's a September call-up on next year's team. But definitely, nevertheless, he is going up the minor league ladder a lot faster than anyone expected and, and making great plays in center field as well. When when we when we drafted Riley Green, everyone thought he profiled as a corner outfielder, but he's making these spectacular plays in center field. That's another X factor as part of this trade. You know, a, a star center fielder in the middle of the diamond that would be huge for this club and its rebuild. Yeah, I think Riley Green with the with the speed and pace at which he's moving up that uh, minor league ladder. I think he probably starts next year probably in Lakeland with maybe a move up to to Double A Erie probably at some point in the middle of that season. And yeah, I think 2021 we're talking as a as a, a point for him to start entering the big league conversation and, and maybe getting some reps up there. And you look at that as a, a a kid who was drafted at 18 and you're talking about two years or so after after the draft. So what would be 19 or 20 probably at the most uh, and getting, you know, possibly getting some time uh, to see major league action, which would be um, – awesome for for this youth movement that this organization is really pulling for and going through right now and so we're going to kind of wrap it up soon uh and we've talked a lot about these young guys to close out this podcast and so it's it's uh it's making me the what we've talked about today is actually making me feel a little bit better about the future because right now you look at this team and we still got the rest of uh you know about half more than half of august to go and then all of september um, where you've got a series, we got a series against the Orioles, a four-game series against the Orioles. In Battle September. for the number one overall pick coming up. Battle for the number one overall pick. Where right now, if the Tigers sustain in that, they'll get probably another big, a uh, big hitter to add to the farm system. So, uh, I think right now if we talk about the group of position players and hitters. Um, you know, you look at it and you don't see a whole bunch of talent, maybe necessarily. Uh, at first, but I think there is there is a lot of talent there that people aren't paying a whole lot of attention attention to because uh, we know the pitching is going to be great with Casey Mize and Matt Manning and Funkhauser guys like that. Well, speaking of Funkhauser, I think he's going to be uh, up in the big leagues pretty soon, actually, too. Yeah, that's another player. Maybe a maybe a Bo Burrows as well. Even even the pitching is starting to come up as well. It's really exciting to watch. Yeah, I was a little confused when uh, when the whole Edwin Jackson uh, being called up on what Friday. His, he made a sensational start he did. against he, Kansas City, turning back the clock for like 2009. He did. Edwin Jackson had a great outing, but like I was scratching my head for a second and be like, why is it not another, you know, yeah, a, I agree. Youngster? But hey, uh, you know, they signed Edwin Jackson for that minor league deal, so so what can you do? You gotta you gotta play him at some point. Innings are innings, I suppose. Innings are innings, and they're they're really scratching for uh, for uh, people to get up uh, in the starting rotation with Jordan Zimmerman on the uh, injured list again. Um, so it's, it's kind of been a revolving door in that starting rotation. But I think things, uh, you know, this obviously is hopefully the lowest of the low for this Tigers team. And, and in the next couple of years, things will start to even out and correct themselves. And we'll be back to uh, be back to playing meaningful baseball like uh, former players like Shane Green and Nick Castellanos are doing right now with other teams. Hopefully, we'll be back to meaningful baseball in Detroit in a couple of years, don't you think, Luke? I'd say so. You know, you think of 2021. Everyone has their eyes set on 2021, including myself. You know, on this podcast so far, we haven't talked about much of the current big league roster. We're not sitting here talking about Brandon Dixon or the corpse of Miguel Cabrera or John Hicks or Jordan Zimmerman. 
you know, we're not talking about those players. You know, if you want to hear about those players, we can talk about those players. But we're talking about the youth because this team has their eyes set on 2021. Jordan Zimmerman's contract will be off the books in 2021. Alavila has identified 2021 as when the team will start spending. You could see a Riley Green in 2021. All of the pitching will definitely be up by then. And all of the current Tigers, hit it, Tigers hitters at the big league level will have more experience under their belt by that year. I'm thinking struggle through the rest of this year. Stick with the team. Watch their prospects develop in the month of September. Call up a Daz Cameron. Next year, we'll start to see some pitching. Still won't be perfect, but then when the calendar turns once again to 2021, hopefully we're talking about this team as someone who will contend for a postseason spot in the American League. All right, just hoping and praying for 2021, I guess. Thanks, Luke. I'm Mike Zima. We'll see you next time on the Motor City Bengals podcast.